Once again, to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast, I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. Today, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to go with this one. What do our choices of alcoholic beverages psychologically say about us? What kind of messages do they send out when we order them? Well, Newsweek had a very cool piece on this called Here's what your favorite liquor says about you. Now, we're going to cover all of their conclusions. We're going to kind of use that article as a template here. But what we're going to do is you're going to see whether or not you agree with this, because it may or may not be true. And we're going to pull some pop culture references to see if it stacks up against the definitions. So let's start here with brandy. If you order a brandy or a cognac, what does that say about you? Well, it states this. It says, it doesn't matter if it's brandy or cognac you're drinking. The fact is, you're not afraid of attention. You don't necessarily want attention because you're the social sage that speaks only when necessary. Other times, you don't mind just being in the corner, silently sipping. (laughs) So, brandy, cognac people, do you agree with this? By the way, you can be more than one of these or none of these. Just just curious. Well, let's see what pop culture says. It's funny. In the very first episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show, Mary asks Lou Grant for a Brandy Alexander in her job interview. (laughs) Pop culture also poured Brandy Alexanders in real life for John Lennon. He once described them as tasting like milkshakes. In in 1971, in his flick, The Big Boss, Bruce Lee's character drinks cognac. And it's also the drink of choice for Bill Cobbs when he played the musician Del Paxton in the movie That Thing You Do. Is it measuring up? What do you think? All right, let's move on. How about our whiskey drinkers? Newsweek says this. I got to put the voice back on. While whiskey is arguably the most popular liquor in the world, to say that a whiskey drinker like yourself is just like everyone else would be an insult. You love a good discussion, and sometimes a heated one. To be able to express your opinions about, well, ha, anything. You can hold an intelligent conversation and allude to times past just like an old soul. All right. If your drink of choice is whiskey, is that you? Well, let's go Hollywood again. In 1952, the movie The Quiet Man, this was John Wayne's character's drink of choice. Frank Sinatra, in real life, was literally buried with a bottle of Jack Daniels in 1998. Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead reportedly drank an entire bottle every day for 38 years. And then, of course, this is one of my favorite things from recent TV. The Ron Swanson character on Parks and Recreation summed it up well for the whiskey drinker when he said, clear alcohols, 
are for rich women on diets. Let's move to Rome. Your profile per Newsweek is this. It says that while you're stuck in the daily grind in the city, you want nothing more than to head to the nearest beach. You were raised to follow rules and follow through, but you don't mind tapping into your chaotic side every once in a while. You agree with that? Does, does that sum up the rum drinker? Do you think, for example, rum is stereotypically beachy? I kind of do. I kind of do. Not, not 100%, but I kind of do. And the one thing that I'll mention here for pop culture is that rum is definitely the drink of choice for movies about or including pirates. So we'll leave it there. How about tequila or mezcal? You order one of those guys, and what message is it sending? Well, first of all, here's a little bit of the difference, the origins. All tequilas are mezcal, but not all mezcals are tequila. In, in Mexican culture, they have a saying that goes, and I'm going to try my best. If I butcher it, I apologize to all of our Hispanic listeners. Para todo mal, mezcal, y para todo bien también, which means for everything bad, mezcal, for everything good, the same. So here's your profile if this is your drink of choice. Simply put, you live in the moment. That's it. You live in the moment. Put it this way, pop culture-wise. Jose Cuervo became Beach Volleyball's first major sponsor. Does that not just sum it up? Does, does that not just, you know, put, put it right in perspective there? Party people that include everyone from Thomas Pynchon to Sammy Hagar are all about this one. How about vodka? Here's what it says. <clears throat> Just like vodka, you're versatile. Maybe you're multi-talented, a jack of all trades, or very people-oriented. Whatever it is, you are adaptable to any situation. Some people might think you're basic at first sight, ha, but they're dumbfounded once they get to know your personality. No matter who you're with, you're bound to have a good time, even if it takes a little convincing at first. I, I think that's a little broad. I think that could apply to all kinds of things. But can we back that up? Can we back up the definition of a vodka drinker? Well, it's become practically impossible to order a vodka martini without subconsciously channeling your inner Sean Connery slash James Bond. Am I right? Then, of course, was when a French bartender made a frequent Paris hangout for Ernest Hemingway and other American migrants. And you know what he served there? What we now call the Bloody Mary. Let's do one more. Gin. Short and sweet. I love, love, love how Newsweek says this, even though I'm not sure I agree with it. It says, <laughs> this is my favorite, you're classy, or at least you try to be. Isn't that awesome? You're classy, or at least you try to be. It continues, you have a good head on your shoulders, and you're a good-natured individual who doesn't get into much trouble. You enjoy having a good time, but not to the point of recklessness. 
But make no mistake, you're no goody two-shoes either. You can read people and easily spot when you're being played because you play the game yourself. <laughs> Only better. All right, entertainment world, your interpretation? Well, they kind of agree that it's a, quote, effortlessly cool, sophisticated booze. Case in point, Humphrey Bogart, Casablanca, of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world, she walks into mine. Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's makes it clear that the White Angel is her favorite cocktail. So I guess I can see the suaveness and the pull that it may have in pop culture here. Uh, to sum up, I kind of want to say this, regardless of whether we personally buy into these alcohol potential stereotypes, maybe I can kind of put it in perspective and start like this. My guess is that people in their 70s probably hate it when people who are much younger, like say in their 40s, say, oh, I'm getting so old. Just like heavier people hate it when thinner people say they feel fat. It's like, come on. So if my assumption here is true, this upcoming thought that I'm, I'm going to say might anger some who may be 70 or above, because one major aspect in my life these days has officially made me feel like walking over to the record collection, pulling out some Benny Goodman and playing it not very loudly. I feel like alcohol is kind of blah anymore. Now, don't get me wrong, a beer, tequila, Beaujolais, Gewürztraminer, Amaretto, a Michelada, or a little rum in a Diet Coke with a lot of lime, these are all good things, and they're great every now and then. But, but I think that there's a big part of me that's just done with the concept of drinking being that huge of a deal. And here's why. It actually now saddens me when people seem to need alcohol to enjoy themselves, especially when they think they don't, but they actually do. Now, this is not to say that some can't do both and be balanced, but it seems like many can't do both. A, a party isn't a party. Get-together isn't a get-together. Hanging out isn't hanging out if there's no liquor present. That, to me, is scary. So here's my take. We are all so fragile. No matter how happy we look, how tough we seem, or how enlightened we project ourselves as being, there is so much hurt and pain and heartache and inconvenience in our lives, most of which we didn't sign up for. So where I worry is when we hide our reality behind the liquid wall of alcohol. This just seems so counterproductive in the long run, even if it makes one temporarily elated for a few hours. Now, why I noted earlier that this makes me feel old is specifically in the sense that I rarely get overly excited about drinking before I do. I enjoy it, but it's not like it was when I was younger. The whole concept of, you know, woo, party seems almost embarrassing at this point for me to envision myself doing. Now, being dull obviously is not the answer, and neither is being solemn all the time. Obviously, again, there's a balance here. Think of it this way. Alcoholism is often viewed as someone who drinks until they forget their name on a regular basis and probably fall down a lot. 
But that's not always what alcoholism is. Simply put, alcoholism is a dependency. If one needs alcohol, even if it's just one glass of wine a night, they have to have it. They can be an alcoholic. Being dependent on alcohol means that you're dependent on alcohol. You need it. So here's a psychological question just for you. Do you need it? Do you say you don't need it, but you really need it? See, alcohol should never replace eternal joy or one's actually coping with reality. In other words, all of the lilac wine that a person drinks isn't going to bring her back. It's only hiding one from the reality that she's gone. And, and if, if losing one's inhibitions is the goal and it takes alcohol to accomplish this, what is that ultimately saying? Now, this is not meant to be judgmental at all. Like I said, beer, mixed drinks, wine, hard liquor. I'm okay with all of it in moderation. I don't think it's wise to allow it to become my Linus blanket. So here's my challenge to you, and we're going to close here. If you remotely are bothered by the end of this episode, if you're reading, hearing me talk and, and, and hearing these words and, and it's bothering you, try not drinking for one solid month. Just one month. If you do it and have absolutely no cravings for it and at the end of the month are just fine, I wish you all the best. I'll be happy, in fact, to sit and have a vanilla vodka and root beer with you after your dry month. But if you can't do it, or if you won't try it, because it would change your lifestyle too much. You know what? I won't finish that sentence. It's your life. It's your conscience. Just know that if there is anything that I can do to make you feel happy without it, you can let me know. You got it? Salute. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to fill your proverbial cup with some love. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Alcohol Over Here, Who Are You Wearing? playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Alcohol Over Here, Who Are You Wearing? Track number one, in all sincerity is perhaps one of the most beautiful vocals ever sung on a song by any male in captivity. And I referred to it earlier. It's the version of Lilac Wine by Jeff Buckley. Goodness, it's stunning. If you haven't heard this, put on headphones, close your eyes, and just enjoy the vocal perfection. Seriously, it's something else. Number two is Procol Harem with their song called A Rum Tale. Number three, The Man Who Loved Beer by David Byrne. Number four is the song Gin by the band Luna. Number five is a nice rocker by the band Wishbone Ash. The song is called Lady Whiskey. Number six, a song that when it kicks in, it has a real killer riff by Tame Impala. It's named Half Full Glass of Wine. Number seven, The Killers, with the song Leave the Bourbon on the Shelf. Number eight is Van Halen, 
from their Women and Children First record with the song Take Your Whiskey Home. Number nine, Graham Parker with a live version of the song The Three Martini Lunch. Finally, number 10, Oasis with their song Champagne Supernova. Well, that's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast Alcohol over here. Who are you wearing? We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our show. Our demographics report shows that we now have more listeners in the United States, in New Freedom, Philadelphia, hello, and in Chillicothe, Missouri. I certainly hope I pronounced that right. I actually went to Google and I listened to somebody say it. So if they said it wrong, I'm just copying them. But listen, we really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Missouri, for listening to this podcast. We also want to welcome some new friends in Quebec, Canada. Welcome to Refresher. Guys, this show would simply not exist without you. Uh, If you could all do me a huge favor, uh, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution, even as little as 99 cents a month. The price you'd pay for a cup of coffee in 1970. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're so inclined, that would be great. But whether you contribute financially or you don't, please just feel free to listen and enjoy anytime that you want. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.